You're listening to The Recovered Life Show, the show that helps people in recovery live their best recovered lives. And here is your host, Damon Frank. We're talking about Cheyenne Jackson in the People Magazine article where he reveals that he fell off the wagon after 10 years sober. I'm joined today by Kristen Fuller, Recovered Life contributor and recovery coach. How are you doing, Kristen? I'm great, Damon. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for coming on the show today. Um, You know, this is a very interesting article, and I was excited to talk with you about it because it brings out a lot of things about relapse and about thinking in recovery, right? Yes. Recovery thinking. Um, And, you know, Cheyenne Jackson, who is known from American Horror Story and a lot of stuff that he did on Broadway, obviously in the public eye, announced that he relapsed after 10 years sober long time to be sober. Um, yes. What's some of the things that, that, that you noticed about this uh, in this article, Kristen, that you can highlight that you think might help people in their recovery journey? Yeah. So the first thing that jumped out at me was when he said, I'm coming from a place of being vulnerable. And I really admire that because it's just saying right up front, I'm a little, I'm a little bruised over here. So <laughs> it's a good way to to prepare someone to go, go easy, give us, give us some compassion because we're feeling vulnerable. So I loved that he named that right up front. And then he went into, so I've, I've fallen off the wagon and I'm ashamed. And I feel like when clients come to me and they say, you know, I slept over the weekend and I was so afraid of how I was going to tell you. And I always tell whoever it is, student, client, friend, but think of it as what did you learn? It doesn't have to be a place of shame, especially if you learned from it, if you gained knowledge from it, if you're coming back into your sobriety reinvigorated, those are all positive things. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's interesting. He does talk a lot about shame. And I, I found that, you know, really interesting. And and I, I totally see where he's coming from. You know, he got sober in his uh, mid-30s, you know, so he'd been sober for a, a long stretch of time. He had, to, he had long-term recovery and obviously relapsing. Also being in the public eye probably doesn't make it easier, you know, that he's like, oh man, I, I, I feel all this shame. But in a way though, Going 10 years, really, really good. He was doing obviously doing something, a lot of things right during yeah. that period of time. I agree. Um, 10 years is a very long time. And I, I push against the notion of starting back at day one. And the reason I push against that is because whether you have 10 days or 10 years, that is a part of your journey. It's not as though, uh, if I were to think of an analogy, um, if I'm driving to San Francisco and I'm following in the old days <laughs> a map, I don't then cut the map off once I get to San Francisco. I don't throw away that part of the map because I'll never use it again. You fold up the map and you put it away and you refer to it. And that's what we do with our recovery journey. It is, it doesn't have to be a part of recovery to relapse. 
Not everybody does. However, statistically and with compassion, it is often something that happens. And the more we can look at that as what did you learn? What did you find out that you were maybe doing not enough of or too much of? It can go either way. Yeah, absolutely. You know what? It's what, the the thing is obviously if you're in recovery for any period of time, whether you have gone through a relapse or you will know somebody who has relapsed, right? And mm-hmm. I know people who, you know, I'm somebody who has long-term sobriety and I I know people who have relapsed, you know, in 20, 30, 40, 50 years of oh, sobriety. Yeah. Like and one of the things that I think, you know, the perspective, it's a lot about perspective and he talks about some of those key issues that I want to dive into here in a second about why he thinks maybe this happened, you know, isolation, things like that, you know, being a lone wolf, which, you know, that's a whole other conversation, right? Yeah. But the 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 interesting thing is that he did win the Super Bowl 10 times in a row, right? Being able to get 10 years of sobriety, there was a lot of stuff, right? And I love that perspective that you had that, look, you're not throwing it all away. You're learning from it. Obviously, going out is not optimal. It's not optimal for your health. It's not optimal for your mental health. And definitely, if you have alcoholism, it's something that you really should definitely try to stay away from, right? Sure. But there was, there obviously is a lot going on there. And I also love about this whole thing that he says about, you know, learning about himself, this self-awareness that, hey, maybe I'm a little too much of a lone wolf. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that part really jumped out at me in the article. I've had several different clients and students that have gone three, four, five years, and they feel like, you know, I don't really need to do the classes or the meetings anymore. Like, I've heard it all. I know it all. (laughs) And they kind of pull back from that very, very important component of connection that we need in recovery. And I'm going to go a step further and say, it's not just about connection. Those meetings and groups and places where we're around people also in recovery are also a source of accountability. So when you're in recovery and you pull away accountability and then you pull away connection and you're just managing it on your own, that's a big red flag. Yeah, it's tough. You know, one of the hardest things I have found in long-term recovery is staying connected. Yes. Uh, when I don't want to. That's, I mean, honestly, like sometimes I'm I'm fortunate because of the Recovered Life show and because of Recovered Life that I'm, I'm constantly talking with people in recovery, but yeah. just taking my own personal time, right, to be able to go in and spend time on my own recovery and connect with people. I yeah. found that that is most of the game, honestly. It, for for yeah. me, most of the work is just spending the time connecting. It doesn't really matter about what I connect about. It could be about baseball. It could be about anything like, right. Or just finding out about how other people are doing. It seems to be really the thing that does kind of safeguard you uh, to long-term sobriety. You know, Kristen, uh, to wrap this up here, what do you think some of the signs were that he mentioned that he saw coming besides being a lone wolf that people can kind of safeguard their long-term recovery with like some of the things that we can learn from his story. I feel like when we look at his whole story, there's um, a little bit of a 
not necessarily complacency, although that's the first word to come to mind. It was a man that was very sure-footed. Um, I, I've got 10 years. I got this. And I know Matthew Perry from Friends says the same thing. If I ever tell you I'm cured or I got this, I don't got this. <laughs> and I think that applies to all of us in recovery. It's what got us sober is what will keep us sober. So I would say avoiding complacency or avoiding um, changing things up if they have been structures and boundaries that have worked for you for four, five, 10 years. Keep doing it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Kristen, thanks so much for coming on today. My pleasure. This article. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye, Damon. Keep the conversation going. Join Recovered Life, a community of like-minded people who are looking to live their best recovered lives. Membership is free and you can apply at recoveredlife.us.